we need to talk. Okay, I'm just saying. This, this, I've, I understand. I understand. Well, well yeah, that'll work. Well, well good evening. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, I, I love that video. If, if you just, if you watched, and just the idea of all the different languages speaking with, um, you know, John three sixteen, and, and and I love it because I think so often we get kind of in this mindset of like who God is and and, and like. And, and and just we have these perceptions uh, of who guys I, I remember, you know, growing up, you know, in, in the United States, I always thought, you know, God was American. He spoke English and, and he did that. And I remember one time my wife, we lived in Europe and just being in this chapel um, in Austria. And all of a sudden we hear Amazing Grace being sung in about like six different languages and just with overwhelming sense of just like, wow, God understands every single person here. And stuff, and, and so really, that's kind of what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks with this Lent. This whole thing with, about giving it up, this journey towards Easter. It's all about perspectives. It's all about how we see things and how we do. It. And if you haven't been here, just 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 a little review. Um, you know, the very first one was the idea of giving up control. And, and honestly, if if you think that you are in control of your life and everything that's going on, you're you're insane. I mean, it's just not true. And so we, we are not, we have this idea that we're in control, but we're not. God has always been in control. God will always be in control. And so when we acknowledge that and say, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to go your way, not my way. And so, that, I mean, that's the very first step. And then after that, the idea of just um, how we view God. And, again, how big is our God? How, how big do we see him? And even when he doesn't make sense, do we sit there and I trust him? And, and even when, like, I don't understand all this, do, do I trust him? And giving up our expectations of that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the idea of giving up self, how we view ourselves in view of what God has said to us and, and how, you know, and what God does for us and like our worth and all of this stuff comes from God. And then finally, last week, how do we look at other people and, and how do we see other people through, through God's eyes and, and do, do we see them the way God sees them and everything? And so tonight, I, I really I want us to kind of just get back to a little bit broader. You know, this, this idea. So what does all this mean? If, if this is all about perspectives and if, if all of this is about, um, you know, my life and everything, then then how does this work and what does this all mean when we come together? Because I, I really think that we have an issue and I'm going to need some space because I think I'm going to move a lot tonight. Um, but I, I think we have this idea of like, OK, there's God, there's my faith and all this stuff. And it's all nice little boxes and everything. But. The, the problem is, is it, none of it ever really fits. You know, I, I think we live on the idea that this is, this is, this is our life, all that it is. You know, I'm born, you know, I, I, I grow up, I go to school, I go to college, I get married, I have kids, I do this and do that, and then, um, you know, and then I die. And, and that's it. And that all that happens and all, everything that we study and everything we've talked about, like trusting God and all that, it, it's all in there. But I think think this is the wrong perspective in fact I, I know this is the wrong perspective because our lives are so much more than just this little piece and that's really what I want to talk about tonight it, it's this idea that there's something bigger something greater and it, it doesn't it's not just 60 or 70 or 80 years or however long from birth to death that is something even greater C.S. Lewis said this he says if I find in myself a desire which no no experience in this world can satisfy. 
the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Just just think about that right now. See, I think we get locked in this idea and we've bought into the lie that everything that we live and everything is right here. Is that little section. What I'm saying is tonight, I think we need to start thinking in an idea of eternity. See, see, I, 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 believe, I believe death is the thing that's stupid, that it was never supposed to be there. And it's an interruption, and it's all this. But we have to start thinking about, like, eternity. Not just right here. Not just I'm born, I, I, I live, and then I die. But there's so much more. In fact, God's placed that in us, hasn't he? And that was Solomon said. I placed eternity in the hearts of men. So there's this sense and this idea that there's got to be more than just this. And so tonight, that's, that's really, really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, when we talk about giving up, it's about giving up life. Giving up life as we think we know it, or, or what we consider life, and what does it really, really look like. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. And we're going to be standing here, so you can go to John. You can get there. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles. You can have one if you don't own a Bible. Um, but grab your Bibles, John chapter 11, and, and we're going to be sitting all in this tonight. And I have no idea where this is all going to go, so just hold on. Just really, really hold on. Let's pray. God, I just, I just thank you. God, I, I thank you that... God, you, you redeem everything. Your will, your plan, none of that is ever thwarted. And so, God, tonight I, I just want to be out of your way and just have you speak. I'm um, God that you, you would just reveal your truth and your grace and your power. And then, God, you would just move in our hearts and our lives and in this place. And that there would be no doubt that it's you. And so, God, tonight, just just give us ears to hear and hearts to respond to you. We just pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, all right, we are in John chapter 11. And and here's the idea, again, you know, in this whole roundabout way that I I get to this. And I I got a thousand things going through my head. I'm so ADD tonight. I just want you to know, at any moment, I'm just going to be like puffy. And stuff. That's that's how, like all of you that looked are ADD too. <laughs> About like this entire row just all went like puppy. Okay, so there you went again. See, that's good. It's all right, Hannah. It's all right. Just own it. All right. But um, I, this idea that it's so much more than just this—that we were made for more, we we're created for more—and it's this idea of having a, an eternal perspective. To be able to look at our lives in view of, of eternity. Because, I mean, the honest truth is, if, if you think about just, and it's mind-blowing, we can't even get our heads wrapped around eternity. Uh, how much, if we try, we can't. It's a concept that we can't, we're just like, wow, that's a really long time. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. And so there's really no way to get our minds wrapped in eternity. But the, the honest truth is, is if, we, if we think about our lives, and I'm, I'm born, you know, I live, you know, all, all the stuff happens, all this great stuff, and then I get to that point where, where you know, the point appointed for me and I die. Consider to eternity, that would be kind of like the very corner tip, maybe, molecule of this stage. Where you and I were created, and we were all created, to just keep going on. And so often, we all we think about is this point right here. 
and we think about what's happening right here, right now, and only that, and not in the view of that. We, you and I were made to live forever. I mean, think about it. You, we were made to live forever. And, and sin, we'll, we'll get on that, but that's, how do we get that thought process back? How, how do we start thinking um, about that? So if, if you have your Bibles, we're, we're, we are in, um, we're in John 11. Let me, let me get there. Sorry, verse 1. And probably all of you have heard this story. Probably everybody in this room has heard this story. And we're just going to kind of march through it. But I just, I just want you to hear it. Like whatever you heard before, just kind of take it and just say, throw that away. And, and just listen with some fresh ears. In John 11, it says, Now a man was sick um, named Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a message to the Lord. Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God. So the son of, son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place he was. Listen, I, I, I want you to know that the very first thing, that if you want to have an eternal perspective, that you have to have a life that reveals Jesus. I mean, that, that's, that's the first way that our, our lives point to Jesus, that the, the things that happen in our lives and the, and the things that are going on is like this idea that it points to Jesus. I mean, l- look at verse 4. Here's the story. Lazarus, he, he, it's his friend. He, he knows he's sick, and everyone knows he's sick, and they send help. They're like, Jesus, come and help him. But he says, this sickness will not end the death, but it's for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so that's the first question tonight. Are the things in your life allowed to give God glory? Do, do they point to Jesus? Do, do you allow your life just to say, okay, wh- whatever this looks like, whatever's going on, let it point to God. Let me react in such a way that people look at that and say, wow. There's something different about that. But does our life point and reflect Jesus in? Because that's what this whole thing was going on. You know, Jesus knows he's sick, and he's saying, it's not, listen, it's not going to end in death, but it's for God's glory, and so that, so people will know me. And, and I love that. It says, now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. It doesn't make any sense when you first hear that. Jesus loved them. He cared about him, so okay, I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even going to say because we all know Jesus could have said, "Lazarus, you're healed." From there, <coughs> he could have got up and went right away. But in the midst of it, he says, "No, no, there's something happening here that's going to point to me. There, there's something that's going on that is going to reveal me." And my question is for us tonight, for all of us, is do, do we allow the situations in our life to point to Jesus? Even if they don't make sense. I mean, this, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And if we want to live beyond just what's this, our life, the very first thing is in our lives, it, it has to. It has to point to Jesus. The, the next thing, is, uh, having an eternal perspective, it's a life that follows Jesus. You know, there's one thing, I'm going to reveal Jesus, I'm going to know Jesus, I want him to be known in me, and I want to know him. But are you willing to follow him? Look, start, starting at verse 7, and, and I love this little kind of 
this conversation that keeps going on here. It, it just says, verse 7 says, Then after that, he said to his disciples, you know, after two days, everything was going on, he looks at his disciples and says, Let's go to Judah again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? And, and I love Jesus' response in verse 9. Aren't there 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. I mean, here, here's this first picture. First, Jesus is like, hey, we're going to go to Judah. And his disciples who are lunkheads all the time that just don't, you know, never seem to totally get it. You know, I, it's so good that I'm not God. Because I, I don't have the patience. I don't have the patience to deal with me. Especially like 12 of me. But they're like, we're going to Judah. And they're like, but you know, you're going, they just tried to kill you, Jesus. So let, let's not go there. And I love Jesus' reply. He's like, listen, we're walking in light right now. This is the Father's plan. The Father's in control. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So we can trust him. So we're going to just go there. You know, just follow me and go. Because if it's God's plan, the Father's plan, we're okay. It's not time yet for them to kill me, basically. It's not time yet. The Father hasn't set that up. We're okay. Just go. How many times does Jesus look at us or God says, God, I want you to go do this. And our first response is, well, the last time that didn't end up so good. <laughs> My God is sovereign. Your God is sovereign. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen because he's in control. And, and, that's, and so I love, so the disciples are like, oh, Okay. Verse, verse 11. So to kind of egg him on, which, I, again, I'm so grateful I'm not God. <laughs> and you should be too, because none of us would be getting out of this building tonight. Because <laughs> I just would not have the patience. And, and God just, and, and Jesus, and his patience, mercy, he goes, okay, let me, let me up to Annie a little bit. Verse 11, he said this, and he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm on my way to wake him up. Again, the disciples not totally getting it. It says, then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's falling asleep, then he'll get well. We're okay. We don't have to go back to that crazy place where they want to kill you and probably us. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus finally just has to plainly tell him, Lazarus is dead. And we laugh at that. And I love because I hear so many people, and I've said this before too. It says, if I was a disciple, man, I would have been there right away. And I would have, I, I would have been the idiot too, just going, Lazarus, what do you mean he died? <laughs> I've been the one questioning, and, and probably most of us would be too. And it, it's honestly, I, I don't know about you, but I know God in my life, there are so many times where he just has to grab me by the back of my neck and say, this is what I meant. <laughs> Look, but the question is, is are, are we willing to follow? For, he says, Lazarus died, verse 15. I'm glad for you I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. And, and I love this next verse because I, I love verse 16 because I love Thomas. He says, then Thomas called the twin and said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. I love that because Thomas always gets a bad rap in the Bible. Thomas is the one like, I don't, I don't trust you. I, uh, I got to put my fingers in your hands and decide. I don't believe that you're actually rose. You know, doubting Thomas, we, we know all that. And so, and like some theologians just, you know, say, well, maybe he was talking about because Lazarus died. But I think Thomas was a zealot. 
Thomas was like the guy that was like, okay, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. We're, I'm ready to go. And, and so he looks at, I, I really believe that he's saying, listen, Jesus, if you're going to die, I'm willing to die with you. Let's go. Come on, fellas. We'll all die together. Woo! You know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, I think there were like chest bumps, all kinds of stuff going on. They're like, guys like, yeah, testosterone. Oh, we're going to die. But that's Thomas, but that's so cool. And I love that we get like pumped like that. The question is, is do we ever take it more than words? Because we're, we're, we're going to see that there's a lot more to than just saying, like, I will go and die for you, Jesus. I'm, I'm willing to follow you. But are you willing to follow even when it's places you don't want to go? Even if it's a situation you don't want to deal with or, or it's something happened, you don't, are you willing to say, you know, an eternal perspective says, I don't care about this little piece. If I follow you here, man, it may be over for me here, but I still got eternity, whatever. I'm just going to follow you no matter what. I mean, are, are, are you willing to do that? You know, and, and the next thing, finally, with having an eternal perspective, it's a life that trusts Jesus. It's one thing to say, Jesus, I love you. It's a whole other thing to say, I actually trust you and to live that way. Look, look at verse 20. You go down. Um, they've, they've entered. Um, they've entered Bethany. You know, they know Lazarus is dead. You know, I, I think Lazarus was probably pretty well liked and respected because there's a lot of people there mourning with him. And, and back then there was like professional mourners and stuff, too, that they would come and like if you wailed, they would wail. Ah, you know, if you cried, they would just cry quietly. They just came because that was all part of the culture and stuff. And so there was just this ruckus, really. But there was a lot of people. And so Lazarus had died and all this stuff is going on. And Bethany's near Jerusalem. It's only two miles away. And all these people there, in verse 20, we pick it up. It says, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And and then Martha said to Jesus, listen to this. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Do do you hear the hurt? I've met so many people saying, I really, you know, I just, you have to be careful how you talk to God. I don't think Martha was being very, I don't think Martha was just like, well, Lord, if you'd been here, it would have been okay. I think, I think there was anger. I think there was hurt. I think there was pain in that. It says, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then I think she gets a little sarcastic. She's like, yet even now, whatever you ask from God, God will do, give you. You know, but if you were here, he wouldn't have died. We, we sent for you. I know you got word. Uh, we know you love him, and, 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 and he loved you, and, and we did, but, but, you know, whatever you ask. And, and I love that we can go to God with our hurt and our angst and all that stuff, and he doesn't, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't sit there and go, Martha, you're an idiot. <laughs> Thunderbolt. I mean, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he looks at him and says, no, Martha, your brother will rise again. He tries to comfort her. He tries, he tries to tell her. And there are so many times where we just, we just like, I can't say that to God. I'm not allowed to say that to God. Listen, I've cussed God out. I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, I just want you to know I've used bad words with God, being very angry at him, even this week. And not one time did God split heaven with a lightning bolt saying, how dare you? But he just gently and prodded me and said, wait a minute, let's, let's take a step back. You see, none of, this, none, none of this was surprising. Jesus knew what was happening. Jesus knew what was going on. But in the middle of it, he still comes to him and says, your brother will rise again. 
And Martha, Martha replies, I know, I know that he will rise again at the resurrection the last day. I, I know all this. I know that it's going to be good, but it doesn't help right now. My brother-in-law died suddenly this week. And, and there, there aren't words to express, like, just still the craziness that's going on in my family's head, in my head, and all this stuff. But th- there are moments, and I, you know, one of the hardest parts of being a pastor and the worst things I've ever had to do is just ha- sit with people when they've lost a loved one or that stuff. And, and can I tell you, I, I know this for a fact because I know it personally, and, and I know that it doesn't work. There are moments that it doesn't matter if you just say, you know, God has a plan in this. It doesn't make it feel better. I, I know we're trying to help and we're, we're trying to say the right things and just, you know, like, you know, and Jesus, I mean, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. This, this isn't the end. He's giving her a hint and those things. But even in that moment, it doesn't make it feel better. And I want you to know tonight that even in those moments when it hurts and stuff that Jesus still says, it's okay. I know you know this and I know it doesn't help right now, but I know. It's not over. And even then, Martha could still say, I know he's going to rise again, but that's the last day. That doesn't help right now. And so Jesus gives her the answer that only Jesus can give. He says, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do you believe this? Jesus said, this isn't the way it was supposed to be, and I'm fixing this, and it's not going to be. But if you know me, if you trust me, if you're in a relationship with me, death is no longer a part of it. it it's, you believe me, you will never die, ever. Do you believe this? He looks at Martha and says, do you believe this? And I think sometimes Jesus asks us that, and we have to answer at that moment, honestly and truthfully. Yes, I trust you, because I can't see it right now, but I trust you. And I love Martha says, yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you're Messiah, the son of God who comes into the world. I, I do believe this. And I, and I do. And you see the anger and you see the hurt just kind of leave. And he says, I, I don't understand. But yes, I do trust you. And someone with an eternal perspective on their life <coughs> says, yes, Jesus, even if I don't get it, I trust you. I trust you. So, I mean, this, this is all good. This is having eternal perspective. But how do you live with that then? How, how do we actually move from just, like, thinking about this stuff to actually living like this and, and, and going through life like this? Because, I, I, mean, I mean, the very first thing, we need to give Jesus the credit that he deserves in our life. And, and, and what I mean by that is, look down at verse 34. Uh, I, I, I want to I jump jump up a little bit. Just right before this, Mary comes, and she does the exact same thing, by the way. You know, I, a little segue, a little bunny trail here. I, I love this. That Mary came, and she did the exact same thing. Again, Jesus just looked at it and said, you know, it, it's okay. I, I understand. Um, but when he saw her crying, there was an added thing. Verse 33, it says he was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. And verse 34 says, where have you put him? I love this says Jesus was angry because you know what I think he was angry about? 
It wasn't about like the questions. I think Jesus was sitting there going, saying, the intruder here, the thing that doesn't fit and doesn't work is death. Because this was never how it was supposed to be. You, you ever notice that even if it's expected, death is never expected. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm living through this this week, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm a little bit raw. But, you know, it, it, was, it was never expected. But even when we think it's expected, it's never expected. Like death is always an interruption. Do you know why? Because it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> it never was. And so Jesus looks and he gets angry. He's like, man, this is, the, this is what sin has done to this planet and to these people. And, and I believe that. And so that verse 35, the, the most memorized verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. <laughs> I love that sometimes we think like, wow, he just really felt that. I think Jesus wept because he saw what sin has cost all of us. And he's like, man, oh, I weep. I mean, I had a professor once ask me, and I'll ask you the same question. You know, and we know the story that Jesus goes and raises Lazarus, but what's more miraculous to you? A God that can raise somebody from dead or a God that will look into your life and see the pain and the agony that sin has brought and weep for you and with you. Because that's what Jesus was doing. Verse 36, and I love, and so there, here's the response. It says, verse 36, so the Jews said, oh, see how he loved him. But verse 37, you, you hear the other side. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? You see, here, here's the deal. We are so good at taking credit for everything good in our life. And all the good stuff that happens in our life. We are so good about just saying, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. And then when things go bad, we are so good at blaming God. And I don't, I don't understand how we could just sit there. If we have told God in our lives, saying, God, I don't want you in my life. I don't want to follow your ways. I don't want to do it your way. And I don't want to do anything like you say, but I'm going to do it all my way. And then when things just go crazy and destructive and horrible, we sit there and blame God. Isn't that what we do? The question is, are we going to give Jesus credit for everything? I mean, are we going to praise him when it's good? Are we going to praise him even when it's bad, saying, God, I don't understand why I hurt and why this happens and what's going on. But even then, God, you're in control, Jesus, and it's for your glory, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to praise you anyway. And I know I live in a fallen world, and I know I live in a broken place, and, and sin is ever, and I know that you are dealing with that, and you have dealt with that, and it, it is all coming to fruition. And so no matter what's going on in my life, I'm still going to praise you, and I'm going to give you the credit that you deserve, and stop blaming you for all the things that my sin has caused. Because that's what we do. And I love, I love um, Billy Graham's daughter. She, she was on Larry King Live, and she, she answered this. They asked her straight out, said, if God loves you so, if God loves us so much of them, why do horrible things happen? And I love that she just, in all her properness, just sat there and says, well, you see, Larry, we have asked God to leave us alone. And the gentleman that he is, he has done exactly that, and this is the consequence of it. And so we can't blame him when things go bad, when we ask him not to be a part of our life. And so we need to give Jesus credit and stop giving him the blame. And we need to praise him even when it's bad, even when it's hard, even when I don't want to, even when you don't want to. We, we need to say, I, I trust you, and this is going to show in the way I respond.
And I know that's hard, man. I tell you, there, there, there are days this week that I didn't want to praise God. I'm just like, I, just, I can't take any more, Lord. I can't take any more. Not with my family, not with all this. I just can't take any more. But I, I know, I know you're in control. And I love that God just wraps his arms around us and says, I know, I know. Settle down. Are you done? Now let me start showing you some things. The, the other thing is our trust and us following has to become action. It can't just be words. It has to become obedience. Look, look, at, look at verse 39 through, and through the end. It says, Jesus looked at him and says, remove the stone. I love 38 again. It says, Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. I, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus hates sin and what it's done. He loves us. And he paid the ultimate price. But every time I, I think sin rears its ugly head and all this thing, I think Jesus just looked at that. Every time he saw it, he's just like, this is not how it was supposed to be. And so I, love, I think he comes and says, remove the stone. And, and here's Martha. This, this, is kind of, this is kind of funny because here's Martha saying, I believe you. I believe you. Martha looks at it and says, um, Lord, man, he's been in there four days. It's going to smell. Lord, don't, 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 I don't, don't open that because I, I don't want to see him and, and I don't want to smell him and I don't want to do it because actually Jewish, Jewish custom and everything is four days the soul is left so the body decays. And so she's like, I, I, I don't want to, no, you know, please, please don't do that. And I love Jesus just looks at her and says, didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Even when none of it makes sense, will I be obedient? Even when it's, it may cause me pain, even when it causes me discomfort, even if it's like no matter what's going to happen, God, whatever gives you the most glory in my life, if it's my pain or if it's my success, whatever it is, I'm, I'm willing, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to obey. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. We can talk all we want about how we love Jesus and how we want to follow Jesus in the churches and everything we do. But if it's not backed up by obedience every single day, it's lip service. And that's all it is. And so, and so Martha's like, I, I, this is going to hurt, Lord. And he's like, but if, if you, didn't I say if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And so there are moments where God's going to ask us to do things that we don't want to do. And they're scary and they're painful and they're hurtful. And in the midst of that, praise God, that's angel song. <laughs> In, in the midst of that, if we are obedient, I believe with all my heart we will see God's glory in our lives. And, and you know, it may, be, it may be eternity. It may be when we're in God's presence where he just says, finally, he says, here, I want to show you. This is how this all worked together. And we're going to sit there and go, wow. Well, that's beautiful. Verse 41 says, so they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his, his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. And, and I love verse 42. Just underline that because it's I love that Jesus says this. I know that you always hear me. <laughs> but basically, these knuckleheads need to know it, too. <laughs> but because of the crowd standing, I said this so they may believe you sent me. After this, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus come out. Theologian says that if he didn't put a name on it, that graveyard would have been empty. 
I mean, just, I mean, I, I, want, I want you to think. The, the, the voice that said, let there be light. The voice said, let, 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 let it breathe. Let, let everything be formed. The, the voice that's, that will, that will say in just a few short weeks, it is finished and paid in full is the voice that says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus has no choice but to obey. And, and, and here's the really cool thing. In verse 44, it says, The dead man came out ba- bound, hand and foot, with linen strips, and with his face wrapped in a cloth, Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Here's what I believe. Every time we obey, every time when Jesus says, I want you to go, I want you to come, and we're like, I'm scared, but I'm going to obey, I'm going to do that. That one more piece of linen cloth that is burying us, that is tying us together to this planet, is ripped off of us. And that every moment we get loosed a little bit more. The more we follow Jesus, the more we obey, the more we put flesh to this the more we think that my life is more than just this it is eternity and i'm going to live like it's eternity and god whatever you call whatever you ask me whatever it is no matter if it hurts or if it's great or whatever i'm going to do it every time we do that it's like a little piece of our burial cloth is ripped off of us more and more until the day comes where we stand before jesus and we're fully alive and we're fully perfected because we have been obedient and he has done what he promised to do That's what, tonight I'm going to tell you flat out, if you don't know Jesus tonight, you're already wrapped in burial cloth and you're already dead. If you do know Jesus and you're not living obediently, all you're doing is binding yourself back up in death and burial cloth. I mean, there, there's, we got to put flesh to this. You know, it, it's got to be more. It's it's got to be more than just this. And and here here's the truth. There's there's a temp, simple test for you tonight. There's a very very simple test. And like, am I living a life with an eternal perspective? I'm living a life that's not just this. That's just like, okay, I live a very and then whatever happens here and boom, it's done. Whatever, but I'm living in the light that man, eternity is going to happen. And I want you to know, the only thing that goes into eternity. Is, is people in God's word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. And so God's word is going to remain. Those promises, everything that Jesus, God said is going to remain, it's going to stay. And then us, we were made to be forever. And so we, we, take, we take people and we take his word. And so the question is, is where are we investing the most? We're, we're, and and I'm, not, I'm not talking about your wallet, but I am too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about like your plans and your goals and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about all of it. Where where is the investment happening? Because if if people are going into eternity with me, if it's the souls, then then I should be investing in people. If God's word is best, then I should be basing my life on whatever God's word says and following that, and that's what should be I should be investing in and, and pouring myself into. Listen, turn if if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew six real quick. Matthew 6, verse 20. It's Jesus talking. He says, But collect for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart 
will also be. I, I just want this picture. I just want you to ask that question. Where am I investing? Where am I investing all my treasure? Where am I investing my most time? Am I investing it in my kids and my family? Am I investing so that they know who Jesus is and that they, this faith will be passed on to them? Is, is it showing like in missions? Am I, am I investing in missions in places that I can't go but I can help other people go? Am, am I investing it in ministry? Am I investing my life in this? Am I investing in the things that are going to last? Because here, here's the truth. Everything we build on this planet is going to go away. I always ask this question. Do you know why they call ruins ruins? Because they're ruined. They're falling and down. Nothing is standing. It's all falling apart. What we build is going to fall down. But what we invest in, when we invest in people and we invest in, in, in lives and ministry and mission and the furtherance of God's kingdom and the furtherance of the gospel and, the furthest, and whatever that looks like, there are a million different ways to invest <coughs> into God's kingdom. The least of those is just showing up to church on a regular church service. There are a million different ways as we, as we are sharing life together, as we're sharing with other people, as we're sharing with mission, and we're getting all this idea, and we just get this global vision and this idea that God is big and huge and bigger. Where am I investing? Because if all my investments are for this, none of that's going to last. None of it. And so part of it, yeah, part of it is our wallet. <coughs> Because I'm going to tell you, the surest way you can see what's the most important to you is look at your checkbook and see where the most money is going to and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's just, that's honest truth. And, and I'm not saying, I mean, I'm, if, if you're me, it's like my money goes to paying rent, <laughs> buying some groceries and keeping the lights on. And then our tithe and our tithe. That, that's everything goes to that. And that, that's where, now I understand, I'm not, I'm not saying just get rid of everything. I'm just saying if you want to live a life of eternal perspective, the first place to ask is like, what am I investing in that's going to last for eternity? And that's people. And that's God's kingdom. I mean, the, 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 early, the early church did, I mean, they, they sold everything, they gave, they all like came together and I'm, I'm not saying we're, we need to do that I'm, I'm just saying we just need to really look and say where where's my life's investment going where's where's my time my energies my talents all of that going I, I love Jim Elliott who was a great missionary that lost his life because he saw a group of people that didn't know Jesus in Ecuador in the Amazon basin and he went down there to tell them and they speared him to death he said this he said he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And this this week, I I have been reminded that this is fleeting. That that this could be seventy years, or this could be fifty years, or this could be less. But this is fleeting. And if I live just for this, if I live just to make my name, if I live just to do something, then I've wasted all of this. Because the majority of my time is going to be spent in eternity. And it's not like floating on a cloud, playing a harp, I become an angel. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That would be horrible. I, I, I think the job we have here and the things we learn here, Jesus, can, we continue that we have jobs and we have assignments for all of eternity. And so if we can learn to obey here and to give God's glory and trust him and to follow wherever he says, man, that's going to make eternity just even 
more amazing to me. But that is fleeting. And, and Monday night, I have to sit and sit with my sister as she asks, what do I do next? And, and where, where do I go next? And I get the privilege of whispering in her ear, he is the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in him, though they die, never die. And our job is to live for eternity. So that, that, that's 